Shut up and sit down. Hello, and welcome to the Vagabonds Podcast. I'm Corbin. I'm Katie. And we're two best friends adventuring through lady stuff, one episode at a time. Ooh. Disclaimer, this podcast does not give medical advice. It's for education only. If you have any questions, please talk to your doctor. All right, Corbs, today we're talking about women's health visits to your doctor and Ooh, what happens. So important. So we're talking about what's the difference between a pelvic exam and a pap smear. So... That's a great question. A lot of times when we ask people in clinic, we're like, when was your last pap smear? They're like, oh, I have one every year. But that's not right, is it, Corbs? It's not right, unless you're going to a really mean doctor. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) So we're going to talk about the differences and when you should have them and all that good stuff. So first, should we start with the easy one, the pelvic exam? Hey, you know, it's nice to start at the ground floor. Yeah. So what's a pelvic exam, Corbs? Well, a pelvic exam is when uh well let's see how technical do we want to get here well so just to start it's a, a pelvic exam is an exam just like any other like you know a heart right. and lung exam we're just looking at the structures yeah um listen we don't listen obviously like you would to your heart <laughs> that'd be weird can you imagine i'm just like going through, i just like, got a steps. picture of katie sticking her stethoscope <laughs> in someone's <laughs> that'd be weird no nope, vulva not doing that. Nope. And, and then we... <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> you should try it next time we're in nope, clinic. Nope, not doing that. Nope, never. Anyway. Nope. There's um, nothing to listen to. There is nothing to listen to. Uh, so we started looking, and then also we are... Since we can't see your internal organs, like your ovaries, then we're also feeling for them to make sure that there's nothing weird going on. Yeah. So... So you try to feel, you know, for any bumps or lumps, mm-hmm. or you also try to so feel So should we just, like, start at the beginning of it, then? So yeah. first thing we, you do is you look at the outside structure. So this is the vulva, the labia majora, labia minora, the clitoris, the perineum. Yeah. So those are all parts, you know, between. Basically what you can see in a mirror yeah. if you look down there. Yep. And so we just look at those to see if the skin looks normal, if um, there's any, like, irritation, redness, uh, bumps, uh yeah. red spot you know anything that's weird and you yeah. should also if you notice something like this and you're going to your doctor you should tell them mm-hmm. so that they can take an extra look because sometimes you know if we're just if there's something that you've noticed and maybe it like comes and goes or you know something like that then you should tell because if it's not at there when they're looking then they won't know to look at it but they can you know if or you can point it out it. yeah or if like any new moles you know anything like that mm-hmm. you, you should tell your doctor about while we're talking about looking I would just like to say this is kind of something I truly believe is so I feel like a lot of people might be a little bit in bit you know like it's a normal mm-hmm. anxiety to like go in and like take your pants off and like have someone look down there because yep. it's a private part right like we learned that since we were a kid um but I want to reassure you that your vagina is normal yeah. <laughs> As weird, I mean, there's so many, you know, we don't expect every person to look the same. Right. So why would we expect every vagina to look and the vulva. same? And vulva. That's the other thing. So vulva is the outside. That's what you can see. The vagina is like the actual tube on the inside. So people, you know, throw those words around a lot, but that's what the actual, what they actually mean. And the other thing that Corbs and I like to tell people is you can look at your vulva with a mirror and kind of like get to know what it looks like and that's the only way that you'll know if something changes so know what it looks like know what's normal for you 
and it's okay like that's okay that's something that's totally fine it's totally normal yeah. for people to do it's not weird don't feel weird about it yeah just try to get used to it and then yeah. yeah don't feel weird about it and if you have concerns talk to your doctor yeah and then like corbin was saying earlier none we don't feel weird about it at all anyone who does women's health care does not feel weird about looking and at vulvas or vaginas or anything like that it's how we make our living it's really important to us that you are healthy um and we um think it's really important so we're not weirded out at all so you should try not to feel nervous or anything we're not judging you don't worry so then the next part is to look at kind of the internal more internal structures so this is would be like your urethral opening your vaginal opening um and your anal opening so those are kind of we're gonna spread the labia minora and majora and just kind of look at those structures make sure the same thing that they don't look irritated or red um or have like abnormal discharge or anything like that yep and then the next thing that happens is usually we use a speculum so that's the thing that kind of looks like a duck bill um that you can squeeze you know like open and close so they're either metal or plastic and they usually have either a light attached to them or there'll be a light like behind the head of the person who's doing it um and they'll put um like lubricant jelly on there and then slide it in to the vagina and then using that, they'll look up at the cervix, which is the very bottom part of the uterus, um, and they'll look at that to see if it looks healthy, if there's any, you know, spots, anything that looks abnormal. Um, and then they'll also use it to look at the sides of the vagina. So when they take out the speculum, they're looking at the vaginal walls as it's they're coming down around it. Mm-hmm. Um, did I forget anything about that part? No. Um, something I think good to know is usually i mean i I, you're probably going to talk about timing the speculum a lot of people associate a speculum with a pap smear but Mm, mm -hmm. like we said it's also involved in a pelvic exam yep so unfortunately if you think that you're getting out of a if you're getting out of a pelvic or a pap smear if you're not having a pap smear avoiding a speculum a speculum yeah is what i'm trying to say yep so um we'll talk about pap smears later i think we'll just keep everything separate yeah so then, so that's what lets us look at your cervix, mm-hmm. and so that's really important. And then um, the other thing is a speculum shouldn't hurt. It should, it might be, like, uncomfortable, and it, it will be pressure, but it shouldn't be painful. If it's painful, you should tell the person who's doing your pelvic exam that, because they might need to get a different size or a different shaped one, um, and that's something that they don't know unless they, you tell them, so... Um, and the other thing is, like, trying to relax. I know it's like, seems counterintuitive, but relaxing as much as possible. Easy for you to say with a speculum in your vagina. I know, I know. But relax. it really does make it less painful. Mm-hmm. So then the next part is after they take a speculum out, so then they're going to do a, what's called a bimanual exam. So this is just two, usually two fingers in the vagina, and then they're going to kind of press on your stomach, so like on your lower abdomen. So this is to feel your uterus. So your uterus should be small. Um, so they're feeling for that. There can a lot of times you can feel if it's kind of tipped towards the front or tips towards the back, and that doesn't mean anything. It's just a fact. Like you have brown hair, blonde hair. Like it's just a thing. Um, it's not good or bad. And then they also will kind of go out to the side and try to feel your ovaries. So um, usually you can't feel the ovaries in someone who doesn't have you know like a huge cyst or something. So that's good if they can't feel anything. That's usually a good sign. Um, and so they're just trying to feel, you know, feel if they like feel any bumps or cysts or anything mm-hmm. that's big or anything like that. I would say 50% of all exams are just feeling for bumps. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much anyone can do it. Yeah, it's true. 
Um, and then sometimes you also have to have a rectal exam, but that's not normal. That's like more if they're looking for like a specific problem, but it's not usually part of it. So that's the exam. And so that is something that you should do every year. You should just have mm-hmm. done every year. Um, and that's according to the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force. Mm-hmm. Of course, Corbs is going to make me say this like three times. Yep. So that's the USPSTF. That's the what do you what do you call it the call letters no just kidding (laughs) um anyway so they recommend that every year um then a pap smear so Corbs, what's a pap smear a pap smear is basically taking a sample of the cells on your cervix yep so it's it's short for papa nicola yeah the doctor yeah dr papa nicolau that's how yeah that's who invented it but obviously we say pap smear because it's way easier so, so you're not smearing your pap is what you're trying to tell me. <laughs> That's what Corbs and I say all the time. We're smearing your pap. No, it's not a body part. No such it's thing as a pap, yep. apparently. Yep. So this is, so during the pelvic exam, um, when you have the speculum, when you can see the cervix, we take a brush or a, you know, anything to collect cells and you um, kind of twist the brush on the opening around the opening of the cervix and so you're kind of brushing off the top layer of cells from the cervix and then also the just the inside of the opening in the cervix called the os so you're getting those cells and so then we put them in a liquid and then send them to pathology and the pathologist looks at them and um, they can kind of tell if those cells look weird look normal um, if we need to do more testing and that kind of stuff. And we'll talk about, this is how you test for cervical cancer. And we're going to talk about cervical cancer on a later episode. This is more just about what happens, what actually happens. Um, and so pap smears, this is where the confusion comes in. So I looked up the actual guidelines from the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force. Um, and just a note on guidelines. There's a lot of different guidelines from a lot of different places. I like the USPSTF because... They kind of take more of a um, population view mm-hmm. of things. So, like, a cancer society is going to, you know, recommend more co- more frequent screening because they want to catch all the cancer that there is out there, period. Um, but the USPSTF is not, you know, it's, like, for the population. And so they take into account the cost and, you know, like, the cost of the healthcare system and the cost to like person and so they kind of try to, like, balance those two things together. Yeah. All that being said... Um your doctor, you know, is all aware of all the different mm-hmm. bodies of uh, the recommendation, the schedule, and they will recommend you, you know, what is right for you. Right. So these can be very individualized, mm-hmm. and so definitely talk to your doctor at the the screening guidelines for you. Yeah. Um, and they also, like, lots of doctors have different ones that they like better just based on, like, how they practice and the population that they practice in and all that stuff. So, um I mean, you can ask, feel free to ask them, like, you know, like what they recommend and all that good stuff. But yeah. this is just the one we picked for the purposes of this podcast. So from ages 21 to 30, you should have a pap smear every three years. So um, I've heard a lot, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you have to have a pap smear when you start being sexually active. Nope, not true. Yep. Um, start when you're 21 and go till you're 30 every three years. And then when you turn 30, um, until you're 65, you can either keep having a pap every three years, and totally fine, or you can do a pap smear and HPV testing every five years. Mm -hmm. So HPV is the virus that causes cervical cancer. Mm -hmm. And um, so when you're in your 30s, 
um they can just it's the same test like they do it all at once so they take the smear with the brush and then they take those cells and test them for hpv Mm -hmm. and so if you're and this is all all of these time periods are assuming that everything is negative yeah so like katie said there's a lot of different it gets very complicated yeah it's super complicated and that's why it's important to like have a still I'm a broken record um, to have established a, you know, a gynecologist or, you know, a primary care provider who will give you what is yeah. right for you personally. Yeah. And like she said, make sure it's established. Like try to as much as you can keep going back to the same person over and over again, because that way they have all your history, you know, all your history and all your knows what everything yeah. is going on. So the pap just collects cells. Yeah. From your and cervix. Just look at them. Um, and then when you're 65, you don't need to have any more. And obviously there's like extenuating circumstances like if you know if you have a history of a weird one or something then you might but generally if from 21 to 65 is when you gotta have them so yeah so why do people hate pep smear so much i think a lot of it has to do with the speculum exam the speculum is uncomfortable it yeah truly is and sometimes if you use a metal one it's cold too a lot of people have cold. warming drawers for it but it can be yeah. cold and that sucks I mean, it is, a, like, a foreign object being inserted. So, it's... I mean, like I said earlier, it's inc- uncomfortable, for sure. Yeah. Um, the pap... The brush itself can sometimes... For some people, they... It makes their cervix kind of crampy. Yeah. Um, They get a cramping mm-hmm. sensation, which also isn't very comfortable. Yeah. Because the uterus is really cool, and that's, like, the only muscle that uh, contracts when you touch it. So, like, when you're delivering a baby, it's useful because it's contracting down... Um, and you can, like, kind of push on it to help it contract contract down more. And so, you know, your cervix is part of your uterus. And so we are, like, touching it. And it can, yeah, cause it to contract. And kind of like period cramps. It's, like, the same sort of uh, feeling, kind of. Um, the other thing is, like, some people's cervixes are just more cervixes? Cervixes? I don't know. We don't know the plural. Cervices? We should know that. Anyway, some people's cervixes. I mean, how often do you have to say cervixes? I say it a lot, actually. <laughs> some people's cervix is weird, more Katie. sensitive <laughs> than others. So, like, some people can have, like, no problem with a pelvic exam and a pap smear. And other people think that they're the worst thing in the world. And so... Um, it just kind of depends. I mean, that's another thing. Like, it just kind of depends who you are and mm-hmm. what your history is. Um, Probably, too. It has to do with, like, an invasion of privacy yeah. thing. I mean... It's, like, very emotional. Like, I don't like to go places and have my vagina examined. Yeah. Like, it's just, you know... Yeah. And it's like a thing, personal thing. Yeah. <laughs> I like to keep my pants on in public places. It's fine. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, like, if you have a really sensitive cervix, the speculum could kind of irritate it just because mm-hmm. it's, like you know going in and it's touch it's probably going to touch the cervix at some point yeah at some point. um the other thing like we were talking about it being an emotional experience some people um if you have like a history of like sexual abuse or domestic violence you know anything like that um you should tell your provider because we actually really care about knowing that about our patients because it can you know we can make sure to have either a um chaperone in the room with us so that everyone you know everyone feels comfortable and no funny business is going on and everyone's good or we can you know make sure that we like go extra slow um and make sure that everything you know you get used to everything um so just yeah talk to your doctor about that and make sure that Mm -hmm. like you both know what's going on and you both are like clear about the situation yeah um oh about the brush so the brush is really soft like if you feel it with your finger Mm -hmm. it's super soft like it does not feel like if you did it on your skin it like wouldn't hurt at all you would be barely be able to feel it but it's just because your cervix is such a sensitive part of your body that it kind of can hurt sometimes 
that's like pretty much everything that happens during a pelvic exam and pap smear yeah two different things yep a lot of a lot of times we also as providers mess up though and call them the same thing too yeah but we try not to but yeah so um anything else course i think that's it all right sounds good yeah any feedback let us know let us know thanks for listening Thank you.